Jesus, we love you. We thank you for such a time like this. You who began with us, you are faithful. So, Father, glorify yourself. Glorify yourself. Glorify yourself. In the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. The name that is above every name. Amen. Amen. Let's give glory to Jesus. Let's give glory to Jesus. We are in the presence of the Lord. And we are privileged and grateful to God for the past three days of encounter. If you know that you've been blessed, say, God, thank you. If you know that you are leaving here with something great, say, God, I bless you. If you know you are leaving here with something great, I want you to shout a big hallelujah. hallelujah. If you know you are leaving here with something great, I want you to shout a big hallelujah. hallelujah. Amen. Amen. The Lord has been good to us. And he continues to be good to us. And many has been said, for the sake of time, I'm going to try not to um, repeat it. Because if you were here, then hopefully you took notes or smile. Yeah, sometimes we feed into or enable the children of God not to become attentive to the voice of God. Because by by, by, by the mercy of God, what we tend to do is that we always repeat ourselves so that at least those who missed it can at least also have something. But I remember that there is a story in the Bible called the Ten Virgins. Some went with an extra oil. Some failed to go with an extra oil. When the bridegroom came, not all ten. They were all ten virgins, all right. But not all ten. Encountered the visitation of the bridegroom. So if you were here Friday, I hope you took note. If you were here Saturday morning and Saturday night, I hope you took notes. If you are here Sunday morning, say, God, I thank you. Because I'm taking notes. Hallelujah. I salute all the men of God in this house. May Lord Richie bless you all. I salute all the women and the men of God also who are also in the pews as well. May the Lord Richie bless you for following the divine instructions of God and being here for Rehoboth. Sorry, my voice is a little bit gone. But I want to thank also the instrumentalists, and I want to thank all those who have played a significant role in the putting together of this program, the leadership of the church. May the Lord Richie bless you. We praise God also to exalt him for his presence that is with us. We also want to thank him for the faithfulness of giving us the ability to follow the commission that he's given unto us. 
that yesterday we were able to baptize three people in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I want us to, I'll ask them to just stand briefly. Gabriel, can you stand up? Nina, can you stand up? And our sister, Joycelyn, can you stand up? We give glory to God. We give glory to God for what he's doing in your life. We give glory to God. Hallelujah. I pray that let this encounter at Rehoboth not just be a single encounter. Be an encounter that shall follow you from generations to generations. That the children that are born out of you shall experience the mighty hand of God because of your obedience and your faithfulness. I pray that let the Lord who is supernatural in all he's doing, may God continue to act on your behalf in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. God bless you. The overarching message for the past three days, or the theme itself, has really been about the message from Jeremiah 33, verses 3. It says, call upon me, and I will answer thee. I'm going to end it today with that, but I want to just, you know, provide the you know, some few synopsis real quick. The, um, you know, this year we've been dealing with the theme, the glorious leap. The glorious leap. And we are asking God that we don't want to just leap and say we have leaped. But we want truly a glorious leap. A leap that is divine orchestrated. You see, you have to have a desire that God will cause a glorious leap in your life as a child of God. Everything that leaps means that it moves from one stage to another stage. So when God gives you the ability to manifest in glorious leap, then you have to understand that God moves you from one place of destination to a greater height. But the good thing about God is that when the Lord moves you from one stage to another stage, he still stays with you. He does not leave you alone. Hallelujah. Sometimes when people give people leaps, they leave them alone. But our goal is still with you. Hallelujah. I want to speak this morning on the message titled, The Demand to Believe. The Demand to Believe. Tell your neighbor, The Demand to Believe. Our two main texts will come from Jeremiah 33, verses 1 to 3, and Ephesians chapter 7, I mean, Ephesians chapter 1, verses 17, going to 21. Amen. The demand to believe. See, my brothers and sisters, the truth and honor sisters, there is a demand to believe. But a lot of times, we are far short to acknowledge the fact that when you came to believe in Jesus Christ, there was a demand that is expected upon that belief. Am I speaking to somebody here? The gospel of John chapter 1 verses 12, the Bible says, As many as received him, to them he gave the right to become here. He gave them what? The right to become children of God. As many as what received him. The first entrance is about what? Receiving. But the issue here is that many have received God, but they have not put any demand to believe. Can I say that again? 
You see, I entertain people to live with me quite a bit. And there are people that have lived with me but don't know me. Because their, their relationship with me and their living with me is only for the fact that they have a shelter. But if you truly want to live with someone, there is a demand to know the affairs of the person. Am I speaking to somebody here? Call unto me and I'll answer thee. The demand to believe. He said, as many as, as many as received him to them, he gave them the right to become children of God. Now hear this. To those who believed in his name, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Hear it. After you have received the right as a child, he says, you have to what? Then what? Believe in the name. Because the moment you come to believe in this name, this is then what happens. You are no longer bound to your bloodline. And I say that here. The moment you come to believe in this name, you are no longer tied down to the flesh. Because the Bible says that all who have come to believe in him, he has made them what? New creatures. Did you get it here? So you are no longer dependent on your flesh. You are no longer moved by your flesh. You are no longer hindered by your flesh. Your flesh is only just a place for your spirit and your soul to dwell. Because as many as believed in him... They were what? Born, not of blood, not of the will of the flesh, not of the will of man. The Bible used the word born means that there had been a change. Anything born carries a different identity, a different property. Can I get a church here? So if you believe in the name of Jesus, then it means that now you carry the DNA of Jesus. You are born out of Jesus. The reason why the name works when you call it is because you are born out of this name. Say, I am born. I am born. I am born of God. As many as believed. So it is necessary for us as we go forth with this message that there is a demand to our belief. Let's go to the main scripture. Jeremiah 33 verses 1 to 3. If you are there, say amen. Some people said amen so quick. It makes you wonder how true statement it really is. Jeremiah chapter 33, verses 1 to 3. And I hope this will bless you. The word of the Lord says, Moreover, 
The word of the Lord came to Jeremiah a second time. Tell your neighbor a second time. Now you have to understand the very timing of this scripture or this passage. Because this was not any common time or any just time of freedom or flexibility. The people of Israel were under siege. They were in greater trouble. And the word of the Lord came to the prophet Jeremiah. And the Bible says that while he was still shut up in the court of the prison, Jeremiah had found himself in prison because he spoke concerning his people. Concerning what God had already planned to orchestrate. But because he spoke the truth, he was put in prison. I don't know if sometimes you have experienced something like this before. But the Bible says that whilst he was still shut up in the court of the prison. You see, I don't care what your situation may look like. Because when God says he will speak to you, he will speak to you. It doesn't matter what has shut you up. God says that he will bless you, he will bless you. God says that he will keep you, he will keep you. And hear it, it says, verses 2, that says the Lord who made it, I want you to align that, the Lord who formed it to establish it, the Lord is his name. Call to me, and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things which you do not know. Can I, can I start again? Verses 2 says that, that sayest the Lord. That sayest the Lord. What is the Lord saying? He says, I am the Lord who made it. Means that whatever I'm about to proclaim to you, I want you to know, I am the Lord. Who made it? God was teaching us something here. You see, the, the, the way you can, you know, you know, germinate or grow in your place of belief is one to understand and know who God truly is. Because this seems impossible that God can still give a prophetic word in the midst of darkness. So the Lord had to help his people and said, I am the Lord who made it. Means that whatever you are about to see, it come forth. I made it. John chapter 1 verse 3 says, can somebody read that really quickly? Come on, help me out. Quick, quick, quick readers. John 1 verse 3. Amen. I like this verse that says, all things were made through him. <laughs> through him. What it, does that mean? Means that first you need to understand his existence. It was made through him. So if you cannot acknowledge his existence, then what was made cannot be made. 
because he is God. You got to be able to believe that he is God. Because through him, out of him, his very being, things were made. And you see, when something is made, it means that that very thing has an origin from somewhere. You get my point? You see, what you do, you put things together, but you didn't make it. You get my point? Anything that is made has an origin. And what God is saying, I am the God who is the originator of your beginning and your end. I am the Lord who is your originator of your situation. And I am the Lord that have said that I will what? Do it. Call upon me. He says, I am the Lord who made it. Made it. Your life. Keep in mind, God made it. You made it as far because the Lord has made it well with you. You didn't, you didn't, get, you didn't get me here. Let me maybe preach to another church members here. Because the Lord has made you to be who you are. The reason why you are hard pressed, the reason why they try to knock you down, but you are still standing on your feet because you've been made out of the blood of Jesus. He's the Lord that made it. He didn't stop there. You see, our clothes that you are wearing, somebody somewhere in China, Look at the back. We say made in China. Made in Brazil. Somebody takes credit to say they made it. Hear me. But what they don't have control of is how you wear it, when it messes up, how it gets fixed. They say they made it all right. But the ability to repair it that is out of their league. Their job is to make the clothes. But they don't have the ability to repair it. So when God says, I made it, hear me. And he said what? Keep reading it. Verses 2 of Jeremiah 33. Oh, take your Bible. Take notes. The youth, I don't see you taking notes. Stop taking notes in your head. It doesn't stay long. It doesn't stay long. The Lord that made it and who formed it. Meaning, he is the one that made it and also formed it. Gave it its identity. It gave it its properties. It gave it everything that you need for righteousness. God is the one that forms it because he made it and he brought it into very being. So God is the one that has formed your destiny. God is the one that has formed your, be- your, your beginning. God is the one that has formed your future. And because he takes the credit that he formed it, by virtue, he knows how to repair it. To put the past together, 
You got to understand what is the whole totality is. Can I say that again? When somebody gives you a puzzle without not knowing how it should look, it is impossible to know which pieces go where. Can I get a church here? Come on, come on. But because God formed it, formed your destiny, He knows how the future looks like. So even while Jeremiah was still in prison, while the people of Israel were still at siege, because God made it, found it, he was not moved by what he was saying. He was not moved by Jeremiah being in prison. Because even in prison, there was still a visitation. I want you to know that because God made you and he formed you, you are in the hands of the Lord. Your destiny belongs to the Messiah. Your beginning belongs to him. Your going and coming belongs to him. In the midst of your affliction, know that he formed you. There is a demand on your belief. Now when you don't have that demand on your belief, you will think that somebody has made you. Somebody has made you. You will get it very soon before we close. But there is a demand on my belief that I believe in the God that made me, formed me, Kabakadudo. Maybe you don't understand. And maybe the reason why I, when God reveals this to me, I get so into this is because, you know, being in the surgical world, I know how body parts can be taken away and then readjust in different areas in the, in the belly. We can, we can cut some things that are dead and reconnect other things. And we can reconnect and bypass stuff. Because there are some areas that if some things, some juices passes through, it will keep affecting what we have repaired. So we have to bypass that area. Uh, you, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, there needs to be a bypass. Even in transplant surgery, when they change your liver and give you a new liver, there has to be a bypass. Because without a bypass, it cannot sustain the perfusion. It cannot keep receiving the blood they need to receive. So it depends on how good your bypass is. God says, I made you and I formed you. And the last thing he says, and I want establish it. Meaning that everything that has occurred before you came here, every grace God has placed over your life before you came here, God will see it through. But there is a demand on your belief. Don't get excited. It's just the prophetic. And think, oh, I received a prophetic message. So I'm going ahead. There is a demand on your belief. I speak from above on this. There is a demand on your belief. I wish you would say it to yourself. There is a demand on my belief. We have to get you there. Now here, 
after God has introduced himself, he said, verses 3, call to what? See how we all said it. Call unto what? Call to me. Yesterday, pastor was speaking about crying. You see, when it said, call to me, and I will answer you. God is the God that answers. But even as human beings, we call or our children call us. And many times we ignore them. Can I get an amen here? So what does this call means to us? Because this is extremely very essential. <laughs> I want to teach this. Let me teach this. Let me not rush through this. I want to teach this. Let's all read verses 3 again. All of us together. Yeah. Well, let's, I, want, I want all of us to be in unity. Once again. One, two, three. We are praying because we know that God has to answer our prayers. But he says, call unto me. Or call to me. And I will answer. And I will tell you great and mighty things. Call to me. We are not talking about making small little noise. But we are talking about getting the attention of God. The issue is that believers will lose to understand the need to call God. Because if we did understand how to call upon him, naturally, God would not have to tell us, call upon me. Ha, 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 ha. Can I get somebody to understand this here? You see, do you need to tell your children to call upon you? Do, you, do your children need, need, need you to, to give them an orientation? They call on me. But there is something that is missing. Because even though we are the children of God, we lose to understand that it is mandatory to call upon the Father. And when we call upon him, he will answer us. So God had to tell us, listen, my son, call on me. Your situation Call on me. Your affliction, call on me. Your pain, call on me. Your disappointment, call on me. Why? Because the people of Israel had forgotten about their God. And they have walked away from God. They are one feet in, one feet out. That allowed the people of Babylon to come to evade them. Because of their disobedience. Let me explain to you. Go to Psalm 91. Psalm 91. Briefly, so I can, I can show you what the, the, the extent of this call. Carol, are you on Psalm 91? Go to verses 14 to 16. 
Now read that slowly for me. Yeah. Because what? Because what? The first thing before that says what? Because he has set his love upon me. This call unto the Lord requires sincere love to God. Where you worship him in spirit and in truth. Where you make God your first and your last. Where you make God all that you need. Can I get a church here? We are dealing with a time whereby there are so many chaos and all it takes is for the believers to gather like this and pray and something will happen. But the reason why we are not seeing that, uh, we are not seeing believers in such a time like this is because our love Ah. is set on something else. But he said, because he has set his love upon me, call upon me in your days of trouble. Because he has set his love that I have my mind made up. I am not turning back. You can call me and give me an invitation, but I'm not coming because there's only one invitation. He has his mind. Set on the love like I am born to love you. Lord, I am loving you. Lord, today I am loving you. God has to say, this, this love is too much. Oh. We sing that song and we sing it to God. It should be turned around where we need to understand the fact that God has to say, this love is too much. Do you know why I say that? Because the Bible says in George the 3 verse 16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. Jesus Christ was given unto us because God said this love is too much. The demand to believe. Call to me. And I will what? Answer you. And hear what the scripture says. And show you great and mighty things. Not just show you anything that you want. But you see, the, 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 the Greek and Hebrew you know, translation of this very sentence of show you great and mighty things are things that are inaccessible. Things that you cannot assess it by your own means. Things that you cannot assess it by your natural capacity. The great and mighty things can be assessed only by one way. And I'm about to teach you that very soon. You see, you receive and revelations and stuff like that, and prophetic messages and stuff, but you need to have a way to understand how to assess 
the thing is inaccessible until you get on the right page. I'm just reaching to myself. The great and mighty things are inaccessible. We need to understand how to tarry before God. Wait upon God. I'm teaching this so you can get this. Inaccessible. Now, God could have ended there. But he said, these great and mighty things, which do, which you do not know. Can we all say, which you do not know. This is where I want to share light of the demand of our belief. He is giving you access to the things that are not accessible. But not just that. I want you to think about it. What he's given to you, you do not know it. So if I give you something that you don't know what it is, what happens? Oh, can I get a church here? You don't know how to use it. You don't use it! True story, some years back, somebody bought me um, like a Thai, you know, rack or something like that. Some years ago, very a long time. Now, I remember when I moved from Richmond to Charlottesville, the thing was still in the box. I opened the box, and I see a lot of small little stuff, wood, all that. I said, this is so complicated and confusing. You know what I did? I went and bought a hanger and I hung my ties on it because it looks so complicated. I don't know how this works. And that time, it was now that those kind of hanger, tie hanger thing has come where you can hang it on some fancy stuff. It was too complicated for me. So I did not use it. As a matter of fact, I think I gave it away or I don't even know where it is. You get my point here. You see, the challenge we have in the church, pastor, is the fact that God is not, has not ceased from answering his church. God is the God that speaks to his church. But the issue here is that because God is the one that gives it, we don't even yearn to understand the things that he gives to us. And because we don't yearn to understand the things that he gives to us, he gives us the blessing and yet we lose it. You see, Jesus Christ came on this earth and the Pharisees had read the entire Old Testament. Uh, but when Jesus Christ came, they could not recognize him. Isaiah chapter, 50, chapter 53, the Bible describes uh, the condition of Jesus. Uh, and you see that human beings despise him and they did not recognize him as the child, the son of the living God. You see, sometimes uh, God has an answer for you. Uh, but when God says, uh, this is my answer, because you don't understand uh, the ways of God, uh, you are doing things uh, as if God has not answered your prayer. Naaman 
Go and dip yourself in the water. It seems unreal to me. I, I, I think I'm too good for that. If this is how my healing will come, then I, I don't think this is the way it should be coming. Because when I look at myself, my healing should come a different way. Ah, but until his servant said, imagine if he had given you, I charge you, will you have done it? I came to declare to somebody here, the unknown should be known to you because you are a child of God. Because you are a child of the Messiah, the unknown should be what? Known to you. This is where I'm coming to. The things you do not know. But it doesn't mean God is saying, sit idle. Oh my God, I know how my life will work, be like. Because the God I serve, he has never failed me. Every time I go into a situation, every time I walk into my workplaces, I decree that this, this territory, God, is mine. I take dominion of every place I step because you are with me. I am one of the very few people, but God has preserved me. See, you know when God has preserved you. When people come to check if you are still here. And when they check, you are still there. in the mix of all that trials God has still kept me and by and by what I see now is people coming for the counsel of the Lord from me because I have not ceased to praise my God in the mix of my place of work I have not ceased to tell others who I believe in how I do the way I do things. Because when they ask me, how did you come about this? I said, the grace, the grace, the grace, the grace, the grace, the grace. I wish some people knew what the grace can do for them. The grace, the grace, the grace, the grace, the grace. So, go to Ephesians 1, verses 17 to 21. Like I said, I'm teaching this, right? Yeah, we prayed a certain, we are prayed, we are prayed. Yesterday we prayed. Yeah, yeah, yesterday we prayed. Saturday morning we prayed. So I told you yesterday that we may not be praying much because I want to make sure that you are also leaving with the package of God's word. Hallelujah. With everything that you have received from Friday to now, what will sustain your destiny is the word of God. What will keep your destiny is the word of God. You see, God has a destiny concerning your life. And if you can understand what God is saying concerning your life, no one can rob you away from your destiny. You didn't say amen unto that. Ephesians chapter 1 verses 17. Now, I have read this scripture before, multiple times. But the Lord had to really reveal unto us that the church of God, in this very particular place, the apostle Paul was revealing to us a certain measure of prayer that the church of Ephesus needed to what, experience the blessing of it. And in verses 17, the Bible says that Paul said that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. I, I am not stopping, stopping there. Let, let's keep going. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may know what is the hope of his calling. 
What are the riches? Say riches. Riches of the glory of his inheritance. In what? The saints. Let's keep going. And what is the exceedingly greatness of what? His power. Towards us who would believe. Tell your neighbor there is a demand for me to believe. There is a demand on my belief. The exceedingly greatness of his power to towards those that believe. The power is made provision towards those that believe. So as long as you keep believing, you keep believing, the supply of his power, the supply to validate that you are a child of God, that you are a son of the Most High, that you are a daughter of the Most High. God provides that supply. Let's keep going. Which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places far above all principalities and power and might and dominion and every name that is named not only in this age say not only in this age not only in this age but also in that which is to come hear it he said that which he had worked the power we are talking about which he had worked in what Christ so the reason why we can say Christ in us is the hope of glory. The power resides in Christ. So as long as I am born in Christ, when I started, John chapter 1 verses 12 says, As many that received him, Don't lose sight of this. Because it is in Christ. The Father has set Jesus on the right hand. Above all things. He said far above all principalities. And power. And dominion. And every name that is named. Not only in this age. So if you be in Christ. Who is then seated. On the right hand of the Father. Then every principality. Every power. Every dominion. Every name. Those that are here. And those that are yet to come. He says that. All those things. God have exalted Jesus. Above all those things. And because God has exalted Jesus above all those things, guess who else is exalted? You are also exalted because Christ dwells in you. 
It doesn't mean prideful exhortation. But it means your position in him. And because Christ is in you, no principalities, no powers, no dominion. Ah, You walk around, yesterday we were talking about that briefly. Walk around worried about what somebody can do against you. Huh. You see, the reason why the evil spirit could say, Paul, I know. Because he knows not to venture. The devil, the evil spirit, tormented the people. Why? Because he doesn't, they don't have a name. They don't have a name. Paul, I know. So I can't mess with Paul. Because everything that happens to Paul, God has to give the devil access. Without that access, Paul, I know. It is about time that the shepherd's house, we build up, we put on our grinds, and we put on the breastplate of righteousness. And we know, Paul, I know, Carol, I know, Kwame, I know, you, they know, because the Lord is with you. They stay, they know me. situation that seems impossible. You have to speak it. Because we don't know how to exercise calling upon the Lord. We have kept our mouth shut. But we have to speak it. And when you speak it, something happens. Listen. Your destiny is in the hands of God. When we leave here, you have to end with this conclusion. What demand have I put since I believed? I'm not done. Apostle Paul had to begin that prayer asking for God to give the church the spirit of wisdom. And revelation in the knowledge of him. And then I ask God, why so? Why not saying, God, give them power? Because that's what we all want. God, give us power. Hear me. But remember what I said. He said, that it is he that what? It is he that what? Made it, formed it. Are you getting it? I hope this is making sense. It is he that what? So, Apostle Paul, by the guidance of the Holy Ghost, knew the people did not need power. They did not need to ask for power. But they needed to ask for the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge. So, so, so. Go to 1 Corinthians. 
chapter 2. I want you to read that really quickly for me. And, and take your time. Please, I beg, take your time. Um, verses 6 to 12. If you are there, say amen. If you are not there, say God help me. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 6 to 12. Mm. Ah. That's right. The hidden mystery, the hidden word, wisdom, pardon me, which was what ordained before the age of our glory, for our glory. Keep going. Yeah, 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 yeah. Come on, come on. As it is written, eyes have not yet seen. Ah. Yeah. When I said that you have to call, what was the denominator of your calling? I'm teaching this, I'm not preaching it. What? Set. That person has set his mind on the love of God. Read that verse again. As it is written. Yes. 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 Who what? Who what? Huh. Let's keep going. The deep things. It's about time the people of God move away from the surface things and we, we, we plug ourselves into deeper things of God. Your prayer has to be deeper. Your waiting upon God has to be what? Deeper. Your standing on the word of God has to be what? Deeper. Say, I am deepened. I am deepened. Deepen. It may not be in English, but it's okay. I am deepened. You see, there needs to be an earnest need to be deeper, deeper, deeper. Stop this surface, you know, you know, shallow sort of like, I want to be a Christian. My God, I, you see, I, I have not asked God for church members. I've asked God for believers. The church needs believers. Because the only way this world can change is when believers come together. Something happens. My brother, members, members, huh, they come and go. But believers, believers, they understand the difference of God, not of the man. Not of the man, not of the man, but the difference that God has revealed. Before Kwame Boate was born, that deeper face was revealed. So when you have a church of believers, what happens is that when they come, 
Things start to be put in order. Things start to happen. Things start to change. Because of believers. See, when you are around believers, something, is, something good happens. Yeah. If not, those who have not believed will always tell you the discouragement worse. Oh, yes. This too, it happens to me. And because it happens to them, they also want you to also go through it. But if it happened to you, the Bible says that when they had killed James, the people of God, the believers, got together and started to pray. And Peter was released. Keep going. We have what? We have what? We have what? Do you see the exchange? (laughs) To all those who received him, he gave them the right to become children of God. And that right was a right handshake of receiving his spirit. The moment you received him, what you did was that you gave all that old things as an exchange. So something needed to be filled. So the Holy Ghost had to come in. Keep going. Those who received, they received. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That we might know the things. Please speak louder. Jeremiah 33, verses 3. Call to me, and I will answer you. And I will tell you great and mighty things which you do not know. But when you have the Spirit, when you have received the Spirit, Read that verse again. Now we have received, not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might know. The you may know. That have been freely. The thing that have been freely. Given to us by God. Given to us by God. You need to know what God has given to you. You need to know his provision, his grace, his mercy. His love, his joy. You need to tell your neighbor, you need to know. You need to know. There is a demand on my belief. And that demand on my belief, my brothers and sisters, is that I need to know. But I can know when the Spirit of God has taken hold of me. When I'm walking by the Spirit. The Bible says those who walk by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. Because the sons know what the Father's plans are. Am I teaching this here? And what I love the most, it says freely 
give. See how lack of knowledge, people perish. And they are asking some juju or somebody to give them good health. It's not really you. But it's really given. And then you don't understand why you are broke. Am I speaking to you here? If it's not you, just go and tell somebody about the message, okay? Yeah, go just, sometimes when you receive the message, and you know that this one, I'm doing okay, then take the message and go preach to someone. Because the message is always for a purpose. Hallelujah. Oh, Pastor, my line. It's the truth. Yes, you know this. So go and preach it. Yeah. Next week, preach the same message. Love you, man. Freely given. Disbelieve. The Lord had wanted me to really share this as we are ending today. Because God has greater plans for his people. But the truth is this. The church has not put in any demand on their belief. See, if my child is not growing, I do everything that I can to figure out why this child is not growing. But when it comes to our belief, we put no demand on it. So everything, oh, God will do it. Who told you that he said he would never do it? He will do it. You don't need to validate him. But can you believe the gospel of Matthew chapter 21 verses 22 says if you pray and you believe you shall what? Receive it. We need to put a demand on our belief. If God has said it, he will do it. But I like to say, he has done it. God has done it. But we need the spirit of wisdom and the revelation of the knowledge of Jesus. This is the message. Your whole realm of experience needs to end with this message. If all you want to come to Rehoboth about is to say, I've come into a time of fellowship, then you have missed it. But you need to come to Rehoboth because there is a well. That is waiting on you to duck, to duck deep. Wells are not surface. Wells are deep. And deep calls for deep. 
I wish the children of God will have a desire to be deeper with God. Deeper with God. Your Christian life needs to be deeper. Deep. Deep. Until you dug your rail above. Deep. Deep. Until I dug my rail above. I'm deeping, deeping down. Believing in the word of God. That if me, right now I may not have every resource. But I know he who called me is faithful. My God, do, 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 do. I know the God of my fathers has never failed them and will never fail me. I know my children shall walk in the steps of the Lord. I know. I know. I know. Because they call on me and I will answer you. We are dealing with the Father who answers the prayers of his children. We are dealing with the Father who is desiring his children to call upon him. Are you ready to call upon the Lord? Are you ready to live a life of calling? Ah, let your life imitate the calling of Jesus. It's not about just making noise. But let there be an evident in your love. Uh, chains are broken because of love. But so Ben said something yesterday morning. We all understand based on the word of God that we have all believed in the same faith of Abraham. Now, the Bible says that he what? Believed. And it was what? Counted unto him. Righteous. Because he believed. The Lord called him right. And the Bible says that righteous shall never beg for bread. Your position in Christ is about righteousness. And before you get to that righteousness, to be able to water that righteousness, you need to keep nourishing your belief. Nourishing every situation. 